We are in session number five in our series of studies on the Ten Commandments, and this evening we are looking at the fifth commandment, the fifth commandment. And this is what it says, the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother. This evening's study, will, we will look at what does it really mean from the Old Testament understanding, from the New Testament understanding, and you know, did Jesus speak about it? And also we will look at how long you know, do you obey? You know, is this only for children or is it also for grown-up adults that we honor our father and mother? So as introductory remarks, we will notice that the fifth commandment marks a major turning point in the listing of these ten great moral absolutes. The first four deal with man's responsibility to God, and that's what we have looked at so far. But from commandments 5 through to 10, this they deal with man's responsibility to man. Now, it is important the order in which it has been put. First, your duty to God, and then your duty to man. In other words, the Lord is really specifying here, until we get right with God, there's no way we can be right with other people, parents included. Okay, so it is important. If a person is only thinking about a horizontal relationship and without a vertical relationship, it's not going to work out. We have to focus first on the vertical relationship. Our relationship with God must be right. Then there will be an outflow of that vertical relationship into the horizontal relationship with our people all around us. And it is also significant that the first commandment, which speaks about our duty and responsibility to one another, speaks about the family, speaks about the family. Why? Because the home is the foundational unit of society. And as a result, if the home is not proper, society is going to suffer. And that's what is happening today, isn't it? You know? Why is there such a great you know, breakdown in society? Because the home is in shambles. Okay? They have not set their priorities right. They don't have relationship with God. How can you expect a relationship with one another? So let's look at some underlying assumptions of this commandment. It assumes, first of all, that there is a father and a mother, isn't it? When it says, honor your father and mother, it assumes that there is a father and a mother. And as a result, these are the implications of this commandment. Number one, that divorce is not a part of God's plan. Okay? When it says your father and your mother, it means that both father and the mother are expected to be together. And the scripture tells us, therefore, for this reason shall a man leave his parents and cleave to his wife. God's plan is that parents be together because that is the unit of the home. And if that is worked out, relationship with God is worked out first, then relationship with one another between the parents is worked out also. Then what will happen is generations to come will have a strong foundation. So the first implication of this commandment is that divorce is not a part of God's plan. In fact, God very clearly mentions in his word, I hate divorce, says the Lord. 
So when a person gets married, devotion not even be a thought in their minds. But sad to say, society today, people start, you know, with that thought. If it doesn't work out, I'll break up. Or some people get into the second part, the living together unmarried. They say, let's try it out. Okay, no, no, there's no question of trying it out. Okay, when it speaks about a father and a mother, you know, the first aspect is no breakup. Second aspect is you have to be married if you are going to when I live together. So it's not a question of trial and error. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4 tells us marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. So God holds marriage as very sacred. That is a part of the implication of this particular commandment. Okay. Thirdly, obviously, same-sex marriage is not part of God's plan. This is also very clear because they're speaking about a father and a mother. Now, these are foundational implications, you know, because these are bases. If this basis is not clear, if this foundation is not strong, then you'll find no matter whatever you're going to build on top of that, it's not going to be strong. But again, sad to say, if divorce is you know, freely allowed in society, legal, if living together, unmarried may not also be legal, people today are also speaking about same-sex marriage should also be legalized. And in some countries, it is definitely legalized. But just because something is legalized, that does not make it right. Okay, Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 22 tells us, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is an abomination. And in Romans chapter 1, where Paul speaks about the depravity of mankind, it speaks about how God gave them up. Verse 26 and 27 of Romans chapter 1 says, For this cause God gave them up into vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. In other words, God judged them. Okay, so the underlying assumptions is these three. You know, there is a father and a mother, there are parents involved, and as a result, whether divorce or living together unmarried or getting married to the same sex, it is definitely, definitely forbidden. So now, having cleared those things and, and I sort of cleared those wrong assumptions and clarified what it means, let's look at what is meant by honor. What is meant by honor? The Hebrew word kavod means heavy or to be weighed down. That's the Hebrew meaning of the word kavod. It means heavy or to be weighed down. In other words, it means that the parent is to be weighed down with respect. And honoring your father and mother is a very serious and weighty commandment. Okay, And to honor one's parents means much more than just obedience. Even though it would include obedience, it is much more than obedience. So let's look at what honor is all about. Number one, giving honor is personal, is personal. In the Bible, we find that persons are honored and not things, okay? We don't honor paintings, we honor the painter, isn't it, you know? We say that, you know, 
honor is rendered from one person to another, okay? And a person cannot honor himself, okay? A person cannot, cannot sort of reward himself. Giving honor is from one person into you know, to another. It cannot be self-designated. It must come from another. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 4 tells us, And no one takes the honor to himself, but receives it when he is called by God, even as Aaron was. So, honor for ourselves, we have to give honor. Giving honor is personal, one person to the other. Secondly, giving honor is preferential. Preferential. When we honor someone, we distinguish them above somebody else. Okay. So, when we are saying we are honoring somebody, we are saying that we are giving them a higher weightage, if you were to say. You know, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, it speaks about how we must give preference to one another in honor, to lift them up as superior. You know, that is what giving honor is, to prefer the other person better than yourself. Okay? And definitely when it comes to honoring God, that's what we do, isn't it? 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30 tells us, those who honor me, I will honor. In other words, if we give that preferential treatment to God to say, Lord, you are greater, so I honor you. So first of all, it is personal, one to another person, you cannot give it to yourself. Secondly, it is, you know, you're giving it to a person who is greater, acknowledging that they are greater. Thirdly, honor is positional. <coughs> honor is positional. When we speak about giving honor, it speaks about a person who holds a particular position of distinction. Again, when it comes to God, we speak about him as the sovereign God of the universe. Okay, That's his position. By virtue of position, by virtue of who he is, he's the creator God. One is in charge, one is in control. By virtue of who he is, the position, we honor God. Similar to people here on earth. You know, if you know, there's a king, if there's a head of state, you know, you know, one who is the head of a company, whatever position a person is, because by virtue of that position, you give them that honor. So parents too are to be honored for their position in the family. By virtue of they being the parents, you know, that's the position, you have to honor them. Fourthly, giving honor is practical. It's practical. It is more than just, you know, and a lip service of honoring. In Isaiah 29 and verse 13, Isaiah 29 and verse 13, it says, Because these people draw me, draw near me with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me, their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. So the Lord is telling these individuals, You are honoring me fine, but how are you honoring me? It's just by your lips. You're not showing anything in action. So honor is more than just a lip service. They say, Lord, I honor you. Lord, I bless you, Lord. No, you're showing it by your actions, by what you are doing, your lifestyle, whether you're really giving the person honor. And fifthly, honor is public. Honor is public. The act of honoring parents begins with an attitude of respect for them, respect for them, respect in public, you know, before others, basically. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3 tells us, every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths, for I 
am the Lord your God. So honoring is what is there inside, it is shown outside, you know, not just by the lips, it is through practical aspects. So first it starts with your mind. You have to sort of uh, uh, fix it up in your mind to say, yes, I prefer this person. Yes, this person is in this position, so I need to honor. But again, you don't stop it just, I have to honor, so I'm honoring. No, it comes from your heart and then it is expressed publicly. <laughs> okay. Now, three reasons why we should honor our parents. Number one, both the Old Testament as well as the New Testament commands us to honor our parents. This passage in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, the fifth commandment in the Old Testament tells us we must honor. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, we read, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So both the Old Testament as well as the New Testament tells us to honor our parents. And as a result, that's the first reason why we should do it. We cannot say, okay, that is Old Testament, I don't know have to apply it in the New, even the New Testament is speaking about it. Secondly, honoring our parents is one of the highest callings and the greatest tasks we have in life. Parenthood is a high calling. Parenthood is a high calling. Okay, It may not be very rewarding as a parent to see your child grow up, you know, with all uh, the problems and the errors and uh, and uh, maybe if your child is not responsive, you know, it may not be very rewarding, but it is definitely a, a high calling. It is a high calling. Now, also, we must be careful in today's world, there are individuals who don't want to have kids at all. Okay? That's another extreme. Okay? And individuals who say they are in the way you know, you know, of my career. No, Parent, parenthood is a high calling. And we must view it as that. And that is why the Lord says, honor your parents. Because obviously, it's that command is given to children or you know, people who are you know, born from their parents. Okay? <clears throat> so much has been written, if you notice, about how, children, how parents should raise their children. But oftentimes, we don't have much about the responsibility of the children to their parents, you know. Maybe in our parents, we may have thrown that verse in Ephesians to the kids and says, look here, that Bible passage says, children obey our parents, so you have to obey, okay. But there is definitely a lot of responsibility, not just as children as in terms of a small child, but even as we grow older, because they are still your parents. Whatever age you may be, you know, your parents continue to be your parents. So there is definitely an understanding of parenthood as a high calling. And the more we are able to grasp this, even as the parents grow older, your responsibility to them, you would also be able to understand it as a high calling. Your parents looked after you when you were small. Now you are older, your responsibility to look after them, honor them. Thirdly, our culture most often hinders and opposes our efforts to honor our parents. As I mentioned to you, there is a, a phrase today called as dink couples, double income, no kids. People don't want to have kids, okay? That's a cultural setting. 
you know, they will say, okay, career is more important, you know, than having kids. Kids come in the way, okay. And even if they do have kids, they may not have time for them. Now, that's the setup in the culture. But no, we must recognize that God honors parents. God honors the calling of parenthood. Okay. Number five. Jesus taught about honoring parents. What Jesus taught about honoring parents. Okay. Now. Let's look at a couple of passages in scripture. In Mark's gospel, chapter 7, verses 1 to 13, this is what we find. And the Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered together around him when they had come from Jerusalem and had seen that some of his disciples were eating their bread with impure hands, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands, thus observing the traditions of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have cleansed themselves. And there are many other things which they have received in order to observe, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper pots. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of their elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? And he said to them, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people... Honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Jesus quotes from the Old Testament in explaining this uh, truth about honoring parents. Again, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 1 to 9, it says, Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. He was also saying to them, You nicely set aside the commandment of God, in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. Okay, that's a passage in Deuteronomy. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, anything of mine you might have been helped by is korban, that is say, given to God, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition which you have handed down, and you do many things such as that. Okay. So in dealing with the scribes and Pharisees, Jesus picks up these three passages, you know, one from Exodus, one from Deuteronomy, and one from Isaiah, and explains to them what they are doing is wrong. Okay. Now what did Jesus teach? Number one, Jesus applies this commandment to adult children regarding their responsibilities to their elderly parents. To whom was Jesus speaking? It was the scribes and the Pharisees. They were not young kids. They were elderly people, isn't it? But what were they doing? They had changed the commandment to say, okay, your duty to your parents, you have some funds set aside for that or your time set aside for that. But now if we say you're offering that to God, okay, then you are absolved of your duty to your parents. That's the law that they had come up with. And to whom were they to give this money? It would have been to the scribes and the Pharisees. But they made it appear as if it was very, very spiritual. And God said, nothing doing. You can't do that. Okay, You can't do that. You can't say that is korban. You can't say that's a gift to God. And because I have given a gift to God, I don't have to look after my parents. That's wrong. Jesus explained it very clearly. Secondly, 
In this incident, Jesus taught that men dare not attempt to use honoring God as an excuse for not honoring their parents. It may seem very pious, it may seem very religious, it may seem, okay, look here, you know, I've uh, involved too much in my you know, work or in my church work or in my uh, spiritual activities that I don't have time for you, I don't have money for you, I don't have you know, sort of help to give you. If a person says that, then that is very, very wrong. That's what the Lord is saying. Don't use that as an excuse. Your first priority after God is to your parents, okay? So this uh, tradition that they had of pronouncing something devoted to God was merely an excuse to set aside following this fifth commandment with you know, a lot of pious uh, appearances, isn't it? And that the Lord says, he can see through that, he can see excuses, so if you're making excuses not to look after parents, you know, the Lord says, I can see through that. That is wrong. Thirdly, Jesus also taught that honoring parents was no excuse for failing to honor God. So this is the other extreme. One extreme says, look, I'm doing so much for God. So as a result, I don't have time for you parents. The other excuse is saying, I'm doing so much for my parents, I don't have time for God. Okay, the Lord says nothing doing, you know. First is your relationship with God. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 59 to 62, the scripture speaks about, and Jesus said to another, follow me. But he said, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What did Jesus mean by this? He says, no, first priority is to God, is to God. Remember, even in this commandment, first five is your relationship with God. You put that clear, you put that right, then the other things will fall into place. And Jesus, by his own example, he honored his parents. He honored his parents. And Luke's Gospel chapter 2, when Jesus at the age of 12 was at the temple and he was left behind, you may think that, hey, he did not honor his parents, he stayed behind. No, no. If you notice, even his parents at that time thought that he was traveling along with them. And that's what have been the another understanding. And then when Jesus didn't find anybody, the next place that he could definitely be was his home, his father's house. And that is why he was there. But Jesus, if you notice, you know, soon after that, after that incident, the scripture tells us, you know, Matthew uses this phrase, he continued in subjection to them. Jesus, God himself, you know, from the age of 12 to the 30, he continued in subjection to them, his earthly parents. He recognized the role of parents. And definitely even at the cross, when he was dying, he considered his responsibility to his parents. By that time, Joseph would not have been alive because he's not mentioned anywhere. So as a result, only his uh, Mary was there, even at the cross, concerned to honor, make sure that he gives instruction to John to look after his mother. Okay. Now, all these are aspects of the fact that he did honor his parents. He has set the uh, example for us. 
as Jesus, as God himself, when he was here on earth, was willing to be in subjection and honor them, how much more we need to do that. Sixthly, let's move further and look at the New Testament teaching on honoring parents. If you notice, Paul writing in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 tells us that in the last days, you know, there will be people who would be disobedient to parents. That's a sign of the last times. That's a sign of the last days. And even today, when we looked around, when you look around, you know, the attitude that people have to elders, sometimes you know, it is pathetic. You may wonder, you know, how did they have you know, this type of an attitude? The world says, hey, that is what it is. Treat them as dirt. No, no. That is what is going to happen in the last days, the scripture tells us. Disobedient to parents, not honoring them whatsoever. And in Ephesians chapter 6, in verses 1 to 3, the passage that we also considered earlier, Paul gives this instruction to say, children, obey your parents. Now, that's a little difference you know, between the passage in Exodus and the passage in Ephesians. The statement in Exodus says that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you, because that is now specific to the children of Israel that is given. But now in the book of Ephesians, you know, it has been you know, changed to that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth, that you may live long on the earth. So, and a long life and divine blessing is promised, but not life in Canaan, because that was promised to the Israelites. Okay. Also, if you notice, Paul not only applies this principle of honoring parents to young children, he also instructs adult believers to assume responsibility to care for their needy family. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 3 and verse 8, it says, Honor widows who are widows indeed. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So he says, hey, that's your responsibility. Okay? You know, widows, you know, look after them. That is your responsibility. You know, they are your parents. Look after them. And if you don't do them, Paul goes to that extent to say that it's actually a, a denial of your faith. And also in dealing you know, with uh, one another in the fellowship, in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father, to the younger men as brother. So he says, hey, there may be issues, there may be you know, trouble in the fellowship, there are, you know, it's a, a clash between elders you know, and maybe younger people. He says, treat the elders with respect, show them honor. That is what he is emphasizing. So even the New Testament you know, understanding when Paul writes you know, all these epistles to the churches you know, for how they should behave in the congregation, he makes sure this principle of honoring parents, honoring the elders is definitely practiced. Seventhly, let's look at the promise accompanying this commandment. You know, as it is mentioned, there's the only commandment with a promise. What is a promise? That thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Okay, that thy days may be long. Let's look at, first of all, the general application. The general application is that if people in the society honor their parents, and as a result, incorporate this lifestyle into their lives, 
there would be other areas of their lives also which would be functioning well because this is the primary aspect. The primary unit in society is the home. So if this is looked after well, then there's also going to be blessing and prosperity in the other areas of and as well. That's the general application to say this is the primary unit. So if this center is looked after, then there's going to be an overflow of blessing from this to the others. But let's also look at some personal application. Personal application. Remember, not every person who honors his parents will necessarily live to a ripe old age, isn't it? It doesn't mean that you know, if you honor your parents, you can be sure that you live to be a hundred. No, there's no guarantee for that because there are some other factors that are also uh, you know, included in this. What are some of the factors that affect the personal application? Number one, <laughs> the length of your God-appointed mission on earth. The length of your God-appointed mission on earth. Short term mission, some people have a long term mission. Some people live long, you know, God has a mission for them. Some people live short, but God also has a mission for them. Jesus, when he was here on earth, at what age did he die? 33 and a half years. Short term, you know, it was not a long number of years, but by the time, you know, and he died, he had finished the purpose for which God sent him into this world. So God has appointed the length of our time, okay? And as a result, you know, in that particular time, once you have accomplished the mission, the Lord says, your yeah, time is up, okay? So you cannot say, no, 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 you know, I want to live a lot more, no. Once the appointed time is over, then our time on earth is definitely over, okay? So the time required for each person's God-appointed mission is the primary factor determining the length of life. Secondly, your care for your physical body. Again, okay, on one side you have God has his time plan for us. All the days of our life have been numbered. Okay, the scripture tells us, so teach us to number our days. That's one side of it. But on the other hand, we also need to look after our body because our body is the temple of the living God, temple of the Holy Spirit. So if a person misuses his body and thinks, after all, I have a God-appointed mission and you know, if that date has been set, I'm going to die only on that particular day. I can misuse my body. Nothing will happen to me. No, that is not possible. Your care for your physical body is also one of the factors for your life here on earth. And thirdly, there is also the mysterious factors, which is beyond our comprehension. You know, it could be innocent babies dying. Okay, it could be you know some big natural calamity that takes place. You know, or it could be violence that takes place. You know, it is beyond our understanding why those things happen and why a person's life on earth is cut off. So there is no guarantee to say from this particular verse, if I'm going to honor, if I'm 100% clear in this, I have to live to be 100. No, no. You know, there are in this personal application, there are also other factors that are built in. Okay. So let me conclude with some principles that we can learn from you know, this particular uh, commandment of you know, what are the things that govern honoring parents, okay? If children must give honor to parents, then parenting is definitely a honorable profession, honorable occupation, okay? And it is definitely a blessing, 
Okay. So as parents, let's make sure that we don't treat this you know, as you know, a chore that needs to be done or you know, when will they you know, just you know, grow up and get out type of an attitude. No, no. It's a question of God has given us this calling and let's make sure that we are good parents. And if we do that, then our children automatically will definitely be able to honor. And even as you have grown older, your parents have grown older. They have looked after you all these years. Now, your responsibility to look after them. So, a couple of governing principles. Number one, honoring parents take different forms for different people and in different circumstances. You know? There is no standard rule to say, if this, this, this means you are honoring. This, this, this means you are not honoring. Because the young child will honor his parents as he obeys them. Okay? And then as the child grows older, it's not a question of obeying them. It's a question of who does he obey? Obey God? You know, if, they, if the parents are telling him to do wrong, would he do them? Because after all, he has to obey. Or would he obey God? Okay? So as he grows older, now it's going to change. And then as the parents also grow older, and the parents are now dependent on the child, then honoring the parents would involve looking after their needs, providing for them, caring for them. Okay? So honoring parents takes different forms at different stages of life you know, and for different people as well. But it means that the way one person honors his parents may differ from the way another person does it. But we must definitely you know, sort of affirm it is our responsibility. Nobody can say I can get away with it. You know, that's not my job. No, you know, honoring parents is built in to the commandments. It's built in to God's pattern for living. Secondly, the way in which one relates to parents changes with conversion, with marriage, and when we become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let me explain this now. First of all, when a person is converted, okay. Before a person comes to know Christ, you know, maybe his attitude is different. Now that he comes to know Christ, he recognizes that God is his father. Okay? There's a relationship now that is built up with God. And as a result, he recognizes now that relationship with God has to be expressed out in relationship with people. So that's going to be a, a change. Before a person comes to know Christ, he may... He'll treat his parents, but once he comes to know Christ, he cannot continue to do that because God has changed him inside out. Now, what happens in marriage? The scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, Therefore, for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. Okay? Now, this does not mean that the son's affection to his parents is now terminated. Okay? That's not what the emphasis is, okay? But it's now going to change. You still honor them, you still respect them, but there's no longer you getting directions from them. The source of authority now is the husband and wife in the home. They are the ones who are mutually going to work together to reach a particular decision for the home, okay? So this is where when it comes to marriage, it will definitely also change. And also when a person says, look here, you know, it's not just a conversion, I'm going to follow God to do what he is asking me to do. Then the scriptural injunction of putting God first, 
putting God first above everybody else, you know, your relationship with God comes first, then that also begins to change. So when you're thinking about honoring, there's going to be a change. How you are going to honor will change with time, will change also with situations that are happening in your life. Thirdly, honoring God as our father is not an excuse to dishonor our parents. You know, when I speak, spoke just now about once you have decided to put Jesus first in your life, that is not an excuse to dishonor your parents. Just as much as the scribes and Pharisees said, you know, you can offer it as kurban and say you can forget about your honoring your parents. God is saying, no, 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 that's not an excuse. You know, we must, we do have an obligation as a disciple of Jesus. If you're following Jesus, Jesus honored his parents when he was here and earth. we also need to honor. Fourthly, we honor our parents most when we obey and honor God in our lives, when we obey and honor God in our lives. That's a simple governing principle. If you're having issues with honoring parents, you know, then make sure whether you're really obeying and honoring God in your life. Because if you're honoring God, the natural byproduct will be to honor your parents. So we honor God when we honor our, our parents. <laughs> we honor God because we're obeying his command to honor our parents. You know? But a person may say, look here, my parents are hardly worthy of any honor. Okay? They have done this, they have done that, they behave like this. You know? How can I honor them? How can I honor them? Remember, as we studied about what honor is really all about, we honor somebody because of the position they are in. No matter how bad a parent, no matter whatever has happened, they're still parents. You know, because of the position that they are in, they have been ordained by God to be our parents. And as a result, we have, we have to give them honor. Okay? It is like, for example, a person who is you know, your boss. You, know, you may not like your boss. You, know, you may have differences with your boss, but you definitely would have to honor, whether it's in your company, whether it's in your country, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you may not like what they are doing, but by virtue of their position, there is definitely a need for honoring. Fifthly, honoring parents does not always mean that the child does what his parents want. We may say, oh, that's a breather for me. I don't have to obey. No, as long as, you know, you know the obedience comes in when it is in the scriptures. Obedience comes in when it is in the will of God. But if the parent asks the child to do something that is contrary to God's will, contrary to God's word, then there is definitely no need to obey. And sixthly, honoring parents may someday require parenting parents. Okay, Parenting parents. As I mentioned, as the parents grow older, you know, it may, it would be appear as if, you know, they are going back to childhood, the difficulty to walk, difficulty to speak, difficulty to remember. But you know, the same way as our parents who are patient with us, looked after us, fed us, you know, looked after all the uh, you know, needs for us. Similarly, when they are now growing old, they are not able to look after themselves. Honoring parents would also require that. Don't hand off that responsibility. 
don't say, now I don't have time for you. I'll put you somewhere so that somebody else can look after. They looked after you when you were young. It is your responsibility to look after them, even as they are growing old and not able to look after for themselves or to stay alone. And finally, number seven, honor cannot be demanded. Honor cannot be demanded. Okay. A king can demand, you should obey me. Okay. If you don't obey this, what's going to happen to you? You know, that's not honor, isn't it? You know, true honor and respect comes in out of, you know, our own willingness, you know, to give that due reverence, to give that due preferential you know, treatment by virtue of who they really are. So I hope, you know, these principles would help us to, you know, find areas in our lives, whatever stage we may be in, in our uh, journey of life as, you know, as children, as parents, you know, and our parents, whatever they, stage they are in, how old they are, Let's look at ways in which we can apply these truths in our lives. Because the scripture tells us over here, when we take care of this truth, honoring our parents, we will find that also other things are looked after so that your days may be long. In other words, so that you will be blessed, you know, because this is what God expects of us. Let's bow our heads in prayer together.